Mighty Manfred here, and I have got Lydia Knight from The Regrets on the line with me for today's Coolest Conversations. Hello, Lydia. Hi. Hey, now I was told that you met all of your bandmates at the School of Rock. When was that, and what was the that curriculum going true. on? In um, that was about, I want to say, four years ago, three, four years ago, around there. Um, well, they have different performance programs. Like, they kind of set it up in semesters, I guess you could say, and they have, like, say they have three different performance programs you can choose to be a part of. So one will be um, a Led Zeppelin show, and one will be the White Stripe show, and then another one will be, like, girl groups. And so they're all different, and you pick which one you want to be a part of, and then you rehearse songs with a group of other kids, for a few months and then there's like a show at the end and during that time you're also taking lessons individually and it's super cool you guys didn't form a band at that time you just met the the rest of these no. people all right and so did you all meet the did you meet them all in the the girl group section or, or how, what were they doing and how did you meet them in in the school of rock i know i met let me see i know i met Sage in the Motown show, and I think I also met Max in the Motown show. I don't think Janessa was a part of that. I think I met Janessa in a New Wave show I did, like, next. I was only there for about a year, and they had all been there for much longer. And, yeah, I had the biggest crush on Max. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> So, but you were already playing music um, before you you signed up for that or enrolled in that. What? How yeah. old were you when you started to play? I was six. I got my first guitar for my sixth birthday and started lessons the next day. Wow. Now, your parents, my understanding is your parents are not musicians. Is that correct? They aren't. They're super big um, music heads. Like, they're very... Um, educated you could say when it comes to music and um different time periods and the music from those time periods but um they both don't really play anything my mom actually used to write um like metal music <laughs> and sing metal music just kind of for fun um what accounts for you being the musician in the family i think that i just I grew up with, there's music always playing in our house, and my parents like to say that they brainwashed me to have good taste <laughs> in music, and I saw when I was five years old, my dad took me to a Donna's concert, and it just changed the way that I looked at music and um, was like, I, I have to do that. That's what I need to be doing, so that's what I did. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. If they had... Um Let's say if your parents didn't have such a great taste in music, can you see yourself yeah. as having pursued something different? Like, for instance, if they were librarians, do you think you'd be writing books or poetry mm -hmm. instead of playing music? That's a really good question. I don't, I want to say no, because I've done, I've done a lot of, when I was younger, I was constantly doing like after school activities and I've done so many different weird things like I did karate for a long time I did figure skating for a long time I did dance like I've done so many different things but music is the only thing that really stuck so I want to say 
it's just a part of me, I guess you could say. It sounds ridiculously cheesy. But it's also, but that could also be, you know, an argument could be made that that's a part of me because from such a young age, it was kind of ingrained in me. Um, So I don't really know. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, I was reading, let's see, um, that you truly fell in love for the first time as you were working on the album, Feel Your Feelings Fool, the explanation point. And I was going to ask you about that. Then I came across this, uh, like an article that said that you had since broken up. So, Instead, I want to ask, uh, how did your feeling, how, how, how did feeling your feelings go with all that, first love and breakup? Crazy. Just so many crazy feelings that I'd never felt in my life and really way harder than I ever thought it would be. Like, I never thought that literally when we broke up, like I, you physically feel, or at least I did, like I physically felt sick for a long time and it was really really tricky to like stay put together and to not cry constantly for at least like a week I'm really happy now and that was a while ago and I really in that moment I did not think I would get over it like I thought that it was going to be at least a year or something because I was just like with your first love and it's something that I I say get over kind of, you know, loosely. Like, it's something that I'll always have a special place in my heart for that person. And I'll always, like, love that person in a certain way. But get over to the point where I don't, you know, I don't want to be with them at all. So, for anyone that's, you know, going through a breakup, just remember that it does get better. Like it really does. And that's something that everyone was telling me while I was going through it. And I just had no, like there was no light at the end of the tunnel in my perspective, but you know, it got better. Well, you know, I, so I play, I have a band and uh, in that band, uh, everybody contributes songwriting. And um, yeah, we always look forward to the our drummer for his next relationship. Because uh, yeah. we know that it will inevitably end, and then we're going to get some great songs out of it. That's so funny. Yeah, that's exactly. So of course you don't want to you don't want to enter into a relationship with the idea that things aren't yeah. going to work out. But I'd have to to be honest. It is a, a it can be a creative wellspring because you have to deal with these emotions, and as you said, you know you have to move forward. Um, has that, exactly. has it been a positive thing, creative wise? Is that anything, is there something yeah, good to yeah, come out 100%. of Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the one thing. I remember when that happened, I was like, well, you know, whatever, like I can write about this and it really did help me as it helps me with everything that happens in my life and Yeah. Well, the opening, so you got the next album lined up, but let's talk about uh, the uh, the more recent one, Feel Your Feelings Fool, because the opening song on there, I Don't Like You, that's our coolest song in the world this week. Is there any one event that inspired yeah. that song? I used to, when I started high school, I went through a period of time where I just had a bunch of like little crushes, and then the second that someone sh- like started... Um, to show interest back. I was just super over it. And that was kind of about 
that it was specifically about this one boy um, named Jacob that I liked and had a little thing with and just stopped liking. Um, but it really was about all of those people, mm-hmm. but I wrote it in that time period. We well, you know another fun uh, song on the album to me, fun tune, uh, Juice Box Baby. Are you a Trader Joe's Juice Box? Uh, is that like your first choice? Or when you go for a juice box, yes. uh, what's your what's your favorite flavor? Literally, the Trader Joe's apple juice box is the best. Yeah. You know, I think uh, I might even have a couple of those left myself. I'm going to have a couple of those <laughs> left myself. <laughs> and I'll so explain good. that in a moment. Uh, the song Ladylike, What a <laughs> Bitch. Makes me want to ask you about, uh, it seems like your um, your family life seems to be pretty great. You know, your, your parents seem to be very supportive, and certainly they provided us yeah. a frame of uh, reference for, for the music. But listening to that song, yeah. you know, their, their lyrics, and the lyrics are pretty cool, uh, you know, clean, cleaning floors and cleaning pores. Um, do you feel pressure, though, or is there some societal pressure to to feel like you need to grow up and get hitched to a guy and clean floors and pores? Or, or I what, definitely what? don't. Yeah, I definitely don't feel that way um, with my family, but I think just those kind of, you know, gender roles are just something that's ingrained in society, whether, you know, living in Los Angeles and being a teenage girl is very different than, you know, being a young girl in a lot of other places in America and the world. And I think I feel super, super lucky to not be raised in a way where, you know, marriage is what I aspire, like, to be a part of when I'm older. And that's the only thing I aspire, you know, like a lot of people are raised, like you said, to get hitched, like it's a very, I don't know, I see, and even in Los Angeles, I see some families that they put their kids into boxes, kind of, and that's where I'm trying to remember when I wrote that, because I wrote What a Bitch before, Mm. and I wrote that, I think it was after watching something, I want to say, oh, oh, it was after Lemonade came out. And I watched the, like, Lemonade movie, and I listened to Lemonade nonstop. Mm. And she talks a lot about, like, trying to be softer and trying to be pretty and trying to be all of these things, you know, to keep her husband pretty much. And I thought that was really interesting. And I thought it was really cool that she was talking about that. And yeah. Um, it was super inspiring to me. And so I was like, oh, shit, I want to write about that. Oh, whoops, I'm not supposed to curse him. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this is this is like cable. <laughs> hey, you know, so my, my daughter is 15. And uh, that's why we still have oh, some cool. uh, juice boxes laying around, you know, daughter's video. And uh, <laughs> I'd like her to listen to your album because I feel like a lot of the stuff you write about, you know, it's from your perspective that age. Uh, songs like A Living Human Girl and Picture Perfect, you know, she sh- certainly could relate to. But uh, yeah. often, not always, but often a uh, surefire way to get her to not give something a chance is for me to present it as something I think she might like, right? Because that's kind of the case, <laughs> right? So, Lydia, how do you suggest I get her to give you guys a shot, to give you guys a listen? What's the best way? Mm. I think if she hears it, she'll like it. But I think 
that, like you said, it's hard for any teenage girl to listen to a suggestion from her dad. Um, <laughs> well, I how did your dad, for that. Well, so how did your dad get you to listen to things? So, Well, like I said, every, like, every, like music is just always playing in the house. Oh. He has um, like an online radio station that he would just, that he like programs all the music for. So it's just always playing in the car or in the house, unless it's Sirius XM. But um, <laughs> usually in the house, that's what he's playing. And I used to, when I was younger, I would get annoyed by it because I just want to listen to my music. And he was always super, he's super picky and was like, nope, we're listening to mine. Like, but then eventually now I'll hear songs and I'm like wait why do I know this song and I that always be like because I brainwashed you like when you were younger like <laughs> so yeah it was kind of it was honestly kind of a trick <laughs> well I can't say I've been as successful as your as your father but uh <laughs> but yeah we do have a jukebox and and uh do play things and it is pretty cool a neat moment when she can reference those things you know uh, later on and yeah that's pretty neat. Yeah. You know, uh, cool. So another cool tune on the um, I mentioned here, I guess a second ago. Uh, you know, picture perfect, and that uh, the bit yeah. in there, the the baby, made me think of uh, yeah, King Coleman's uh, Boo Boo song. Ever heard of King Coleman? No. Well, I've heard of King Coleman, but I I can't. I don't know that, what that song is. Well. Uh, Let's, uh, that's one to check out. I encourage you to do that. And I we probably, mentioned that okay, I will. When you mentioned uh, your dad taking you to the to Donna's concert, that made me wonder, have you ever listened yeah. to the Muffs? No, but so many people have told me to. Well, you know, I think as, as I listen to your stuff, yeah, it makes me think of uh, Kim, Sh- uh, Kim Shattuck, you know, fronts the Muffs, and it's a... Uh, similar. I mean, her songwriting perspective is pretty similar, similar to yours. So that's what that's I've what gotten a lot. Yeah. Well, those people are right. Uh, I'm gonna do that right now. You need to check that out. Now, here are a couple. Here are a couple of quotes I wanted to ask you. Let me read this quote, and I want to ask you about it. Uh, the two of them. Okay. Let's see. The first one. I feel like everyone in this generation right now is in denial about their feelings and about who they are and what they like and what they don't like. And then the other quote is. Everybody's just kind of really scared to be honest and to be open and be to be different and original, especially with our youth and people my age and people in high school, the people I'm surrounded by. People are scared to have real feelings and to actually be affected by certain things. So my question is, yeah. is that um, not being in touch with one's feelings? Do you think that's really a generational thing or is that just a life experience thing? I don't know. In the first quote, I did say this generation, and I do think that a lot of it has to do or at least a lot of like it's growing because of social media and I want to say that for sure but I can't because of the fact that I I'm in it Mm -hmm. and I don't know you know how it was for other generations when they were my age or whatever and um but I do think that there's this huge weird kind of secrecy when it comes to having feelings. And I think that um, both genders have to face that in different ways. I think guys a lot of times, and this is, I think, always been something, but, you know, guys are 
very scared of being vulnerable a lot of the time because of the fact that because of those gender roles I was talking about earlier. And I think girls are portrayed a lot of times in, you know, film and television as being kind of crazy, especially like girlfriends. Like there's that whole crazy girlfriend stereotype. And so girls don't want to seem crazy. So they let people kind of, walk all over them a lot of times and I used to do the same thing and um, also with Instagram a lot of times people know like in especially in Los Angeles I think and big cities like this I'm sure it's similar in other places but I know especially here if there's this weird like thing with Instagram and with if you have more followers a lot of times you are more confident or you get more confident for a short amount of time because when you post a picture, like that instant gratification kicks in and it's like a great feeling for a little bit and then it kind of mm-hmm. goes away. Um, and I think a lot of people rely on it for instant gratification. Me sometimes, you know, being one of them and it's, it's weird to have that, like platform and it's amazing for a lot of reasons and but it's also kind of it can be kind of detrimental i think yeah you know i so that that's a good point you make about uh the social media things and the instant gratification that because that i'm kind of like totally not you know i don't have an instagram account i don't have a smartphone yeah (laughs) <laughs> but I have yeah. to deal with those things in the in the in the in the aspect of like uh, the band, and there has to be a presence with mm-hmm. with stuff. But for instance, so uh, the Instagram thing, we uh, you because you have to have a smartphone, but you can set up an account with a computer. Yeah. So I've done that. So I will go have to go go through after a show and see if anybody posted any any pictures, and then you know I dutifully like those. And the other guys in the band, yeah. Although they have like smartphones, it's like, man, that's just one more thing they don't want to deal with, you know. So we're like barely yeah. hanging on with uh, Facebook and uh, barely hanging on with that, really. Um, now, you guys are getting ready to go out on the road, uh, kicking things off June yeah. the 11th at Pub Rock in Phoenix. And then you head to Austin and Dallas and Nashville and Atlanta, other dates. Are you touring in June because uh, you're out of school then? I'm actually homeschooled, so it doesn't really affect when we tour um what about the other members i think they're all out of school now officially max just graduated Mm -hmm. and i'll be done actually really soon because i'm pretty ahead since i'm doing like an independent study program um but yeah so that doesn't really affect when we go out so a buddy of mine is in Atlanta and said that you guys had canceled a, a show there earlier. Is uh, this going back to Atlanta yes. part of a makeup gig? Well, it started, I think, as like we wanted to revisit. We canceled quite a few shows on this last tour because I was having mm-hmm. some like vocal health issues. Um, wow. And so we had to. But we, yeah, so it started as wanting to go back to those places and then it kind of grew. So how many shows have you played out of town? I don't know. I want to say, well, we've done, we did a lot at South by and we've played quite a bit everywhere else, but I've never, that's, I'm going to count 
brows because I really want to know. Actually, Janessa yesterday told me that she printed the other day. She printed out like a blank map uh-huh. of the world and has been coloring in each state that we've been to. And I don't want to do that. That's actually, I think that is cool. I've often wanted to put up like a, yeah. a map with little pens in the cities, you know. So the reason I ask that is, um, is there, you, you still feel excited to go out and do these shows on the road? Because it's, it's kind of like, like, there's a lot of hurry up and wait in that. Does it still seem exciting? Or is it like, well, yeah, you know, this is a routine. it's so exciting. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it's exciting because I'm like home and I want to not be because I'm just, it starts to feel normal and I miss it so much. And it's just really what it is, is it's like, all, especially right now we've been on a little break, like we haven't been playing shows and we haven't been rehearsing much here because mm-hmm. um, I'm just like healing and um yeah, I'm just trying to get ready for this next tour. And it's just so, like, I miss that release of feelings and energy in shows and in playing. And um, I just, oh, my God, even thinking about it, like, I'm just so excited. <laughs> cool. Well, I want us to uh, take a listen to another song off of Feel Your Feelings, Fool. And that one is Hey Now. So what can you tell us about Hey Now? Hey Now is like your typical lovey-dovey kind of cheesy song, um, but it embraces its cheesiness, I think. And because sometimes you just feel kind of silly and kind of corny and stupid, and that's what the song's about. And it's about like not knowing. It's like when you start having a crush on someone and you just really don't know how to go about it or how to handle it, and it's kind of, it takes over your brain. And it just, yeah, like, it's just, it's such a weird, exciting, but also, like, miserable feeling. <laughs> well, you know, you're talking to a big lump of cheddar right now, and uh, I, I love mm-hmm. the song, Cheesy Stuff. Yeah, you know, I think uh, cheesy things are fun, and uh, I love yeah. the video that you guys made for it. Who, whose concept was the video, the, Dickie, the, the Dick Dickie show? It was, well, it start. It was kind of a collaboration. My dad directed it, mm-hmm. but I, like, we had been talking for a while because I wanted to make a video that was reminiscent of 60s or 50s, um, like, old dance show. Yeah. Kind of similar to the original Hairspray and, like, right. Bandstand, sort of. Right. Um, and so... That's where that came from, and then he came up with Dick Dickey and the whole, you know, he wrote it. But, um, yeah, it was just super important to me to not gloss over that and to not sugarcoat that time period. And so that's why we kind of felt it was our responsibility to address, like, some of the issues that were happening then and are still happening now, and that was kind of, the point is to shine a light on that. Right. Well, I agree with all that. And, uh, you know, in the video, you got the, the black kids are outside and the things are get, uh, getting kind of carried away. They're let in and Dickie's carried off. What do the kids do with Dickie when they, when they carry him out of the frame? What, what's happening to Dickie there at the end? They're carrying him out and then they beat him senseless. <laughs> <laughs> and they Does scare Dickie him into being a better person. 
Does he become huh? a better person? I, I, I hope so. Yes, they, uh, scare, so, they scare him into it. <laughs> so you mentioned about, you know, wanting to shine a lot of that time period, not want to sugarcoat it. So if in the 50s, yeah. rock and roll is breaking down racial barriers, and in the 60s, it yeah. contributed to the anti-war movement, should today's yep. music be doing something now? And what is it it should be doing? Hell yeah, I think it should be... Um, well, I think over, like more than anything, it should be creating kind of an escape for people or a safe place. Um, because I know that, you know, so many people that love music, me being one, like use it as something when just to give you hope and to, you know, give you a reason to keep going and keep fighting because you have I don't know I can't even explain like what it is but it's just so rewarding um and I think you know right now with the shit show that's going on <laughs> in the world um and especially in this country like it's just really important for musicians to create that safe space for their fans and people that love music and to make sure that their shows are like a hate free zone and are a fun and, you know, safe environment. Got to make sure those shows are dicky dick free. Oh yeah. And so music for you, uh, you mentioned, you know, it's like creating a safe space. So going forward in like 10 years, from now, how old would you be in 10 years? Like 26, maybe, or 27? How old would we be in yeah, 10 years? Yeah, 26. 20, 26. So, do you envision continuing forward with, with, with music as a band or as, a, as wanting to do a solo thing? Or what, uh, what music is obviously very important to you. If you well, let me change it this yeah. way. If you couldn't do the band, where do you want it in uh, over the course of the next 10 years? If that had to stop, what will you be doing? I would either start a new band or go solo because there's no way that I would stop playing music. So I would figure out some way to do it and to do it my way too. I wouldn't join. I'm very opinionated and bossy. No, really? So I, You're opinionated? Yeah, so I it would be <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Makes for a great conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, Lydia... Thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today on our coolest conversations. Thank you. Thank Good you luck. So much. Good. Well, thank you. Good luck with the upcoming tour mm -hmm. and continued success with the album. And speaking of album, thank you. Let's remind everybody: it's called "Feel Your Feelings, Fool" with an exclamation point there. Yeah. And off of that, we're going to take a listen to "Hey Now." It's the Regrets and Little Stevens' mm -hmm. Underground Garage. <laughs> 